0: Hey there! Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. If you're with us, just type Amen. And after you type Amen, I want you to type therapy session. I want you to type therapy session. I'm going to be sitting down for a little bit because my back is a little messed up. And because my back is messed up, I've been going through some physical therapy. And I'm going to be sharing with that with you guys today. Um, I want to begin... First and foremost, by thanking you for being with us this afternoon on behalf of my wife, Anna, and I, on behalf of the pastors of this great community, Pastors Roe and Lee Remedios, along with Pastor Ruben Remedios, and all the leadership, we are grateful for you, we're thankful for you, and we're trying to put the best product together to continue feeding the sheep of this house. My name is Jose Marquez, and a few years ago, I, I had a little fall. Right? Like Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. I feel like I was Humpty Dumpty that moment. I hurt my back. And I went through my first round of physical therapy, and it was amazing. But what ended up happening was I re-aggravated it. If there's anyone online that knows what it feels like to go through physical therapy, put one of those painful emojis up, and let us know that you know what I'm talking about. Um, But I want to start off reading... Some instructions given to us by the Apostle Paul that can be found in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And then it's going to lead into what I want to share with you guys. Colossians 2, verse 8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. I'm going to say that again. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceits. No one. I don't care how good they sound. The Apostle Paul says, let no one take you captive by their deceit. Now, Pastor Marquez, what the heck does this have to do with therapy session? I'm going to get there. Wait, chill with me for a little bit. I want to talk about what we're going through as a, as a community, as a worldwide community. Um, something called COVID-19. Uh, some of y'all are like, no, I'm tired of hearing about COVID-19. I'm tired of COVID-19 memes. I'm tired of COVID-19 politics. I'm tired of COVID-19 too. But one of the things that I've seen that COVID-19 has caused is that they have, COVID-19 made us believe that we can do everything alone. COVID-19 taught us that for a time, we had to work out alone. We had to eat alone. We had to see our favorite shows alone. We had to see sports when they finally came back on alone. Everything that we did had to be done alone. Shopping for the ladies that love shopping, right? It's almost a religious ritual. You had to do that online alone. And, and, and it was hard. I don't know if it was hard for you guys. It was definitely hard for me to, to cope with this aloneness, to cope with this solitude, to co- cope with this quarantining that the world had to do for a certain amount of time. Now, another thing that happened during COVID-19 that we're still going through today is that a lot of people in the Christian community learn how to do church alone. And, and, and this is where this philosophy rolls out where now we see online a lot of people talking about, no, I'm the church. I could stay home. I don't need to be in a church. I don't need to be in a community. I can do church alone because I did church alone for a year and a half. I did church alone all of this time. I did church alone. Alone, And even preachers told me that God was with me right there in my home. Even preachers told me that God would never. And all of these promises are yes and amen in Christ. Yes, God is with you. But it doesn't change the necessity of being the part of a church community. Of being a part of a church. We've seen the problems that have arisen. And and I'm sure, Mike, you know this is to be true. We see people talking about being spiritual without his spirit. People talking about being godly without God. People talking about being the church without being a member of a church. And this is all out of whack. We cannot be spiritual without His Spirit. We cannot be godly without His indwelling presence. And we cannot be the church without a church. Am I preaching to somebody? I I might be saying something that's different than what you've heard. But in this house, just a few weeks ago, Pastor Rowe was preaching. And he said, when we have been impacted by grace, it transforms how we do relationships with people. Just like last week, I don't know if you guys heard, but if you haven't heard, it's online for you to view. Pastor Ruben laid it down, like he came down with the word. And he began sharing about what really matters. And every time he said what really matters, it was followed by People. what really matters is people what really matters for Jesus is people and it matters so much to Jesus people matter so much that he created a body of people called the church and he wants you and I to come under the, the authority and the anointing and the grace and the blessing of a church family I was one that I was running from this and physical therapy helped me understand the necessity of a church. Just to kind of prove to you guys that my back is really messed up and I need this scene. Uh, on your screens right now is a copy of my MRI. And if you look at the little disc, there's a, there's a bunch of them that have some coloring in it. And then there's two of them that go completely black. Those, the, the two that are completely black aren't supposed to be that way. That what happened is that I have two herniated discs, I fell in a bathtub, don't laugh, I fell in a bathtub and I hurt my back, and I fell right in the middle of it. And the next day I woke up like if nothing had happened, just like some of us, right, when we fall, we don't realize how far we've fallen or how badly we've fallen until someone else sees something on the outside that tells them there's something wrong on the inside. Because what this person saw was that my black was black, blue, green, and purple. It was almost like the rainbow was colored over my back. But it happened because of something that was wrong on the inside. And this is one of the reasons that we need church is because just like when one or two of my discs are out of line, my whole body ceases to function. You might not think that your role in the body of Christ is important. But when you're not fulfilling your role, the rest of the body gets out of whack. Things that you didn't realize you were doing for the body of Christ are missing. And this is why we need the body of Christ to come back. We need it to come back to be able to hold the glory of God. Because check it, when when your discs are out of line, you aren't strong enough to hold weight. One of the things that my therapist told me was you got to leave the weights alone until your back gets better because you can't hold the weight. When the body of Christ is incomplete and when you and I decide to stay home that we don't need the church anymore. The church can no longer hold the weight of the glory of God. We can't hold the weight of the vision that he's given us to carry. We need you to come back. But in order to come back, what I feel is going on right now is that the church needs therapy. We need therapy. And what, one of the things that I've learned when it comes to therapy is that before I went to an orthopedic and before he sent me to the place where I'm getting therapy, I thought I could do it by myself. I went to, I started doing what's called self-therapy. Right? Because COVID-19 taught me that I could do it alone. So I would do some of the workouts that I had learned previously. and, And what I ended up doing was hurting my back even more. And there's some of us that are home and we're trying to devise our own schemes and we're following this philosophy that has seeped into the church that tells you that you don't need a church community and what's going on is that instead of helping yourself, you're hurting yourself. You're causing more pain to the body because you're focusing on the wrong piece. If you're focused on, no, but all that all that they want is my money, you're focusing on the wrong thing. If you're focusing on, no, all they want is more people to talk about numbers you're focused on the wrong thing the body of Christ is all about Jesus and Jesus's purpose in your life and when when you come all of a sudden the greater purposes of the kingdom of God are fulfilled as well and when we talk again when when we try to make ourselves better stronger and develop more willpower we end up hurting ourselves even more Check out what, 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 what the physical therapist told me. It was, it was crazy. Because when I went to physical therapy, they started working on my legs. When I went to physical therapy, they started working on my calves. They started stretching everything except my back. They started working out all the muscles in my body except my back. And I asked them, I was like, you know, well, why aren't we doing anything that has to do with my back? And what the physical therapy told me was, we have to work on the muscles around your back. Because it's the muscles around your back that create the support that's needed so that your back can function the way it's meant to function. Could it be that you and your desire to get closer to God are doing it the wrong way? Because when you're trying to grow in Christ in an isolated isolated place, that is always the wrong way. That is always the wrong way. Why? Because you end up focusing on things that are comfortable for you. You end up focusing on things and you become your own authority. And just like I couldn't see the black and blue that was on my back, maybe there's some things in your life that God wants to work out, that God wants to fix, that God wants to heal, but you don't know about it because you're outside of community. We need one another. Can you type that on the chat? We need each other. We need one another. Physical therapy put some demands on me. The first demand that it that it put on me was that it disrupted my schedule. Physical therapy disrupted my schedule. Could this be what's really going on? Could it be that 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 you like these extra hours during the week and you know you, you you like being able to do it your own way? You you like being able to, to have all the blessings without any accountability. You you like all, all all the ways that you are able to serve God in your own way. And that's awesome. But what I want to tell you is that when you're truly about the kingdom of God, just like I know many of you are, if you're truly about being a blessing and being blessed, then your schedule will be disrupted. And my schedule was, was, was disrupted. All of a sudden, I found myself, and my wife could attest to this because she'd be in the car waiting for me, studying and reading and sometimes taking a nap. You know, and she'll be in the car and I feel so bad because, you know, this physical illness that I'm having has affected not only me, but it's also affected her. But it's the same thing spiritually. When we're not getting the proper therapy, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting those around you. It disrupted my schedule. But another thing that therapy demanded from me was humility and vulnerability. Because every time I go to my therapist, one of the first things he asks me, how were you doing this week? And I have to let him know how my body has been functioning. But I also have to be accountable to him. Did you do the exercises that I asked you to do? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you take the medication? And then I have to be vulnerable enough to say, this is hurting me. This didn't work. This is where I feel weak. I'm I'm hurting today. What can we do? But this is the same thing. God was just showing me this in the gym one day, by the way. I was trying to do some stretches and some of the exercises, and he was just pouring into me. He was like, you're going to tell my church that they need spiritual therapy. You're going to preach it. You're going to yell it from the mountaintop because that's not my will for the body. My body is hurting. I want to heal them. I want to make them stronger. I want to make them better than ever before. But that can only happen within community. can only happen within community. My therapist began to give me instructions. He told me first and foremost, you got to go slow. You're not going to get better overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. I wish it would, though. I mean, it's been since June, and I've been going in three times a week, and I am still need to go in three times a week. On top of physical therapy, I'm doing the, 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 the acupuncture. I'm also doing the, the chiropractor. So, so it's like they're just abusing me at this point. They're really just abusing me. But but, but one of the things that that I've learned is that I have to listen to them. Because they know things that I don't know. Why do I need community? I need community because Mike knows some things that I don't know. Because Jenny knows some things that I don't know. Just a few minutes ago, I was about to come on and I was like, I'm nervous. And my sister was like, no, you're not nervous, you're excited. And she broke down a whole psychological-type perspective, and I was like, you know what? I'm excited, right? But but this is what happens in the body of Christ. When you're in the body of Christ, things people know things you don't know. People see things you can't see. But when you're in the body, the body helps each other. We help each other to get stronger. We help each other to get better. I'm good when I'm alone, but I'm a force when we're together. Oh, come on, R&B. We need to get this going because God wants to connect us. Brene Brown, in her book called The Gifts of Imperfection, she said, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship." This is what we need. We need in the body of Christ a body that allows all the parts to come together because they're all needed. I'm about to give out my age, right? Back when I was a little bit younger, there was a cartoon named Voltron. Probably nobody in this crowd knows about Voltron, right? Go ahead, Jen. We got got one. You know because you've seen me seeing it. Don't play. My wife's trying to play me. But but Voltron was made out of of these different lions that had to come together to form, form this mega weapon called Voltron. And Voltron was undestructible, he was unbeatable, and all of a sudden he became great but he was only able to be formed when all of the parts connected together. What if the body of Christ is meant to be Voltron, but we're only seeing sprinkles of power, sprinkles of anointing, sprinkles of grace, sprinkles of of breakthrough, because we're not coming together, because there's a piece that's missing. There's a chair that's empty that needs to be filled, and you're the one that's supposed to fill it. But you might be saying, but I can't preach like you. I wish I didn't This is just a gift, but I need you. We got people in the back doing the, 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 the screens and stuff. We got people on the cameras. We got people sitting here clapping for me because they feel bad that nobody else is here. We got you online, but all of these things need somebody. We need you to come. Maybe all you can do is pray. Check it. I need you to pray for me. Maybe all you can do is raise your hand. I need you to be here to raise your hand. Maybe all you can do is move move a chair. We need you to help move some chairs. Maybe you can sing. We need you to come here and sing. Maybe you can communicate. We need you to come here and tell somebody about what Jesus has done for you. But this demands community. It demands us to come together. I'm about to go through some scriptures that blew me away. And it's something that Paul wrote Concerning the body of Christ. But I got it from the message paraphrase. And it is so good. And let me see where is that. First th- Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. He says this. I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant and not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together Ooh, I gotta say that part again he said it is all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together you might be different but in the body of Christ different is a good thing uniqueness is a good thing but he goes on to break down why And and check this out. He he says, if foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God, come on, somebody say God. It wasn't me, it wasn't you, it wasn't pastor so-and-so. God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But, and then he says, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For though no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. Come on. Don't, don't get your head too big. Maybe you're a mouthpiece and you preach, but check it. I can't do this unless I have everything else behind me. I need the atmosphere to be set. That's why Mike came up here and he used his gifting to set the atmosphere. But somebody had to record it for our audience to check it. That's why Amanda, right? Oh, yes, I remember your name. I'll never forget it now. That's why Amanda's here doing what she does with the recording and the electronic gadgets and all this stuff. Why? Because we want to get the word out. That's why Pastor Ruben was here encouraging us and building us up and praying over us because we need that as well. Jenny's here and her kids aren't even here. She's the children's pastor, but she's here. Why? Because she understands she's a part of the body. And when the body comes together, there's no one. that can stand in front of the body of Christ but we gotta get it together oh you're only significant because of what you are a part of there was a time in my life where I thought I was was more than what I was and I've shared this with Pastor George when I was at Ignite and and I, I felt like I was one of the best communicators I felt like I was untouchable But no one is untouchable because you are only important because of what you are a part of. And this gifting dried up real quick when my head got too big. God had to shrink me. God had to humble me. God had to teach me. God had to break me down a little bit and remind me when you were 17 years old getting high and selling drugs and no churches wanted to come next to you, I visited you in your kitchen. I gave you my this gift I made you a mouthpiece I gave you a voice I did all this and all of a sudden my 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 focus began to shift all of a sudden I said oh my god thank you lord for visiting me again thank you lord for touching me again thank you lord for correcting me in your loving way now I gotta find me a body I gotta find me a body I gotta connect somewhere I need community because if I'm gonna commune anywhere If I'm going to move anywhere and commune anywhere, I need community. But if I find community, there has to be communication. Oh my God, I'm talking to somebody right now. We need a real church to arise. A church that allows people to be their unique selves and express their giftings uniquely. This is what God wants to do in these days. He wants to take everything you learned in isolation and bring it back home so that it can be displayed for his glory Mm. he keeps saying he keeps he says an enormous eye or gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster can you imagine like a big hand just running (laughs) you i'm out he says but what we have is one body with many parts And each its proper size in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine I telling hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or hand telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out? As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. Look what he says he says, the lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. He says, the more lower the part, the more basic, therefore necessary. He says, you can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. But we don't see the stomach, but we need the stomach. We don't dress the stomach. We don't put eyeglasses. We don't put shades. But we need the stomach. And this is the problem with the body of Christ, that we hype up all the parts that are visual, but we minimize the parts that are unseen. But I believe that a shift is coming in the body of Christ, and we're beginning to realize that every part is necessary, that every part, even the parts we don't see, we need to come back home because we're not going to function properly without it. We're not going to be able to function he says, when it's a part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. Without comparisons. This is another thing that has to go to spiritual therapy. Stop comparing ourselves. We need to stop comparing ourselves. We're only important because of what we're a part of. Don't worry, baby, I'm not going to fall off the stage. You keep looking at the end of the stage. It says, it says, if anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? That's the wrong one. Because I might choose some hair right now. Can i going to get our amen, somebody. Look at this next part. The way God designed our bodies. Is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. <sighs> and of you ever lost a fingernail? I actually took out both my toenails one time. When I used to ball, they got, they got all messed up. I decided to wear sneakers that were a little bit too small. And, and my nails were all black and blue and fungus started growing under. So I had to pull them both out. I felt that. I couldn't walk properly because of two little fingernails. But before, before I decided to take both of them out at the first time, the doctor said, are you sure? But I looked at my toenails and I was like, ah, this is insignificant. Look how small they are. I'll be good but when those two small pieces were taken out, I couldn't walk properly for a whole day and a half because it was bleeding, it was throbbing, it was hurting, but it's the same thing in the body of Christ. When little pieces that we see as insignificant are no longer a part of the body, we begin to feel that something is missing, but it's not something that's missing, it's someone that's missing, and if that someone is you, we need you to come back. We want want to walk again. We want to hold up more weight. We want to do some greater things. Staten Island is waiting for us. Newark is waiting for you. Yeah. The, the world is waiting for us to do what we've been anointed, called, and chosen to do. But we're too busy comparing ourselves. We got to stop that. Look at the person next to you and say, we got to stop that. Every part is dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the healing. Come on. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the healing. It's the same thing in my life with my back. Every other part of my body has had to get it together in order for my back to begin to function properly. And it's the same thing in the body of Christ. We need pastors working with apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists, but we need lay people being able to work with lay people. We need people that that are serving to be able to serve to their full capacity. We need people that have the gift of encouragement to be able to encourage the body of Christ. We need people that worship to stop muting their own voices and come and worship. We need musicians to arise and help us with the music. We need somebody to do some thing I promise you there is a place for you in the body of Christ it's just a matter of you getting up and saying I'm a part of the body too I'm important too I am gifted too I am chosen too I am called too so I'm going back to connect myself to the body you ever saw when how many of you remember that Mike Tyson fight when he when he fought with Evander Holyfield boom, boom, and he bit his ear What did they do with that little piece of ear? They iced it. They put it in ice. This is the same way sometimes when when the body of Christ gets disconnected from the body and you isolate yourself, you put yourself on ice. You put yourself on ice. And God is saying, I don't want you to be on ice. I want to reconnect you to the body. Because the body looks wrong when your peace isn't connected to it. Ah, oh. He says, you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part in the body does your part mean anything. Will you accept your part today? Will you accept your part in the body of Christ today? I came to Kuhau a few weeks ago, and there were so many new faces. And I was looking for more familiar faces, but I couldn't see them. Where you guys at, you might be online, but maybe you've put yourself on ice. And yeah, you might be worshiping, but you know it's not the same. Yeah, you might still be reading a few pages of scripture, but you know it's not the same. Why? Because God and his perfect and divine will made it so that we need one another. We have to stay connected to one another. And although my back is messed up right now and is not able to carry all of my weight, the rest of my body is doing the work that needs to be done so that my back gets back in order. This is why the apostle Paul also said, we need to carry one another's burdens and stop ignoring those that have burdens. No, 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 no. Today it's them tomorrow, it might be you spiritual therapy, can somebody say we need some spiritual therapy I have some obstacles, there's some obstacles to being connected though, and can I be real there's some obstacles, the first one is that we have unreasonable expectations I'm not going to church, the church is full of hypocrites why am I going to go to church, they're imperfect so are you, that's why we need each other Let's be imperfect together and strive towards perfection. Maybe what you have learned about your imperfections could help me deal with my own. Jay Shetty and Think Like a Monk wrote We tend to expect every person to be a complete package, giving us everything we need. This is setting the bar impossibly high. It is hard to find that, that it is as hard to find that person as it is to be that person. There's a second obstacle, bitterness. Does that, oh man, is not, maybe not in here, but, but maybe online, maybe online. Are you wrestling with some bitterness? Because that's one of the main things that keeps people from church. Bitterness. And the writer of Hebrews, he wrote, watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. Mm. The Passion Translation writes it this way, Ruth. Check this out. He said, "'Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace.'" And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. In other words, when there's bitterness and the poison of bitterness is roaming around in your body, you're going to miss the revelation of God's grace. Because we miss the revelation of God's grace when we're not able to extend that revelation of God's grace to someone else. Can I get an amen from somebody? The the third thing, unforgiveness keeps us from being connected to the body of Christ. Unforgiveness. This is why Paul, Peter came up to Jesus. He said, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive this knucklehead that sins against me? And Jesus says 70 times 7. And the mathematicians all took their calculators out and started calculating. But Jesus didn't mean 70 times 7. What he was saying is infinity. That's how much I need you to forgive your brother, as many times as it takes. That's how many times I need you to forgive your sister, as many times as it takes. Because that's how many times I'm going to forgive you, as many times as it takes. The fourth thing is avoidance. We figure, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So as long as I don't go there, I won't have the temptation to stay there. Avoidance. Because you know that there's already, Holy Spirit is already pulling you back there. He's already calling you back home. So you're trying to avoid the brothers that text you at all costs. You're trying to avoid that phone call from the sister at all costs. You no longer go to the same supermarket because your brothers and sisters go to that same supermarket. You no longer go to the same stores because you don't want to run into somebody. But why are you, it's like when Paul, when he said, why are you kicking against the goats? What that meant is, why are you fighting against my spirit that is already within you trying to bring you back home? Don't you know that I'm strong? longer than you don't you know that sooner or later I'm gonna win because I always win why are you wasting your time fighting a fight that you can't win God always always wins Ah, I was hearing a message by by Stephen Furtick and he said we are impotent to be intimate because intimacy requires proximity He went on to say the danger of isolation is much greater than the risk of intimacy. Hmm. How how many more minutes I got? Don't tell me I got time. I'll be here all day. Okay. You heard him. Pastor Ruben gave me the green light. (laughs) I was looking through the book of Acts, and I'm I'm getting, I'm nearing my end, but I was reading through the book of Acts, and, and I saw four ways where the church's therapy helps somebody. Peter gets arrested. Peter gets arrested. There's no way for him to come out. The Bible says that they put guards at the doors. They put guards in front of the cell, and he was tied to two guards. But then the Bible says that the church began to pray because one of their brothers was held captive. The church began to pray because one of their brothers wasn't able to find a solution any other way the church began to pray because this was a sickness that got, that no one can heal but God the church began to pray because this was a marriage on the brink of divorce the church began to pray because these children were destined for a role in the kingdom and they strayed far from home the church began to pray because somebody said I don't believe in God I don't want to see God anymore I'm an atheist but the, when the church prays Ruth can't stay an atheist. When the church prays, Marquez can't stay away from the church. When the church prays, your marriage will not get divorced. What God put together, no man can put asunder. When the church prays, things begin to come together that weren't coming together. You need the church's prayers more than you've convinced yourself you do. I need the church's prayers more than I convinced myself I do. I need my brothers and my sisters to come into agreement and to pray prayers that I don't even know I need. This is why I need the body. They prayed for Peter's freedom. Number two, they provided for each other's needs. Oh man, with a real church, rise up! When I was hearing about about Mama Fran's offering and the, and the offering and the ministry that she has to help the needy, I was like, man, I'm definitely in the right place, Lord. I'm definitely in the right place. A, a people with a with a a desire to provide for other people's needs. A people that pray that God would liberate their their brothers and sisters in the Lord. A people that are seeking more together together but check it guys in order to truly be together to have to gather there's no together if I'm alone the church conducted therapy by propelling everyone's purpose Everyone that came to the church in the book of Acts was given a purpose and a role. You have a purpose and a role. Don't see it as insignificant. We need it. We need your gifting. We need your talents. God has something he wants to do in the world, but he's waiting for you. We need you. There was power. There was power in that church but that power was released when they were together it was released when they were together the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 that they were all praying together in a room and suddenly the heavens were opened and tongues as of fire were laid upon them and they all begin to praise God in a different tongue. The Bible says that another time Peter goes to the house of a man named Cornelius and Cornelius welcomes him in and he preaches the gospel and everyone that was gathered there received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that everywhere that Paul went he sought to establish a community He left a community wherever he went. I was thinking about how to end a sermon like this. And I was like, Lord, like how do I end this? Like how how do I tie this together? And he said, just remember me. And I'm like, Lord, like, you know when God gives you an instruction like that and you're like, "That, that means a lot. Like, that means a lot, Lord. Like, like, break it down for me. And he said, when did I say remember me? Then I was like, okay. Communion. He says, remember me. When he's sitting down with his disciples, the last meal right before Gethsemane, and he says, remember me. Remember me. Then he says, the Bible says that he took a cup and he gave it to all of them, right? He gave them all a cup and he said, this is my blood. This is the blood of my new covenant. Every time you drink this cup, remember me. But he didn't stay there, Rue. The Bible says he took bread. And what the, what, the, what the theologian said, that it was a loaf of bread. One loaf. And out of this one loaf of bread, he broke a piece. And he said, this is my body. Remember me. We've convinced ourselves that is enough to remember and acknowledge Jesus by just thinking and focusing on the blood. But that revelation is incomplete. If you want to be in communion, it's not only the blood you got to remember, it's the body as well. We need to remember the body. And the Bible says he took it and he broke it demonstrating to us that each of us are pieces that are broken off of that one loaf of bread but we only become what we're supposed to be that one loaf one body one savior one baptism when we're together I came today to remind you of this I came today to offer to you the therapy that I received physically in a spiritual way we need each other. We need someone that was already where you are to give us the instructions on how to get to where they now are. See, somebody already battled the demons that I battled. They know how I can overcome. But they're in the body. They're in the body. One of the things that happened to me is that when my body was all hurt I had to overcompensate, mate. So I was walking, but I was overcompensating for the pain in my back. So now, instead of just my back being hurt, now my hip was hurting and my knee was hurting. We're overcompensating because your part is missing. We need you to come back so that we can walk correctly. So that we can walk with strength, so that we can walk with purpose, so that we can all complete the commission that the Lord gave us to preach the gospel of the kingdom to all the world. But we need you to do it. This is different from what we've been hearing. Because again, people want to be spiritual without the spirit. People want to be godly without God. People want to be the church without a church. But Pastor Marquez came to tell you, on behalf of a church, a group of believers in Staten Island, we've come to tell you that we're waiting for you. The doors are open and we're waiting for you. Your part is important. Your part is essential. And God's kingdom will be established. But before that occurs, we invite you back we invite you back. If that's you in that chat, I know Pastor Roe, Pastor Lee, you're probably on that chat already. If you see any hands go up, just pray over them. If if you're that person that needs to come back home and you've been considering a church and being part of a community, we're inviting you back because we want to remember the Lord together. We want you back. And as, as Mike leads us into this song, If you've risen your hand, I want to pray for you. And I wanna declare in the name of Jesus that right now purposes arise in my brother and sister. Connection, a desire for connection arises in my brother and sister. Forgiveness and mercy arise in my brother and sister. A desire to forgive others arises in my brother and sister. Right now, the body of Christ, we call you from the east, the west, the north, and the south. Come back home, come back home. You are welcome back home in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Once again, we wanna thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.